Well, hello, and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Well, I want to say it is awesome to be back. It's a blessing. I think it was very uh, beautiful how I was able to take one full week, and it seems like it took forever. You know, it was that long, forbidden uh, vacation. But it was actually a good vacation. It was time to get away, a time to rest, and a time to think about life. A time to get closer with God. A lot of things happen during that week or these past couple weeks, I should say. Depends how long I was gone. I think it was one full week, a week and a half. I don't really know. But all I can tell you is I'm so excited because this week we have an awesome lineup. We have a wonderful lineup and we will be in Utah with a movie producer, Rob Diamond. He will be on the Sauce Report and we'll be just speaking with him and just getting closer with him and just sitting down and see what's like uh, to be in the movie industry. But I also hope that you guys are having a great day. And again, I was nervous. I was going to butcher my welcome back and I was a little bit nervous. But then to realize that there's nothing to be worried about because God is on our side. And I also want to reemphasize this statement. Just because you are Christian, that doesn't mean anything in this day and age. We have a society that loves to label things. And one of them is saying that you are a Christian. Realistically, we see what Christians are doing. We are seeing that they're not focusing on God anymore. They're focusing in on the worldly aspect. They're focusing on the world and appealing to the world instead of combating and standing against. Holding people accountable. And they're going along with the world and with the world agenda. That's not what God's intention is. That's not what his plan is. And we're seeing that. So I encourage you, when somebody asks you, are you a Christian? I I encourage you to say no. I am a child of God. That has a lot more meaning to it. And this also relates to our um, reading today from Charles Stanley upon waiting upon God and his timing and in his direction. And so with this in mind, we're going to kick it off with a word of prayer. Dear Holy Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us here. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, Lord. We are so blessed to be called your children. We are so blessed, God, because you love us and you care for us. You show us compassion and mercy when we don't deserve it. We show us, you show us love and you are tenderhearted. Lord, may you guide us and protect us as we continue on the day that you have set before us. Help us to, show, help us to fellowship with each other. Help us to guide each other and help us to be strong and be strong-willed. And help us to not be afraid of what the world thinks about us. Help us to be joyful. Help us to be energetic. Help us to be obedient because you are a merciful God. Lord, may you guide us and protect us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So the question I have for you is, have you ever have you ever started a task 
and you are so dead focused on that task. And then what happens next? Something comes up and, you know, and then you switch your focus and then you leave one task behind to only start another task. And then you get reminded to go back and you have not one task, but you have multiple other things going on at the same time. I hate to say it, but I am guilty as charged when it comes to that. I am the king of starting something and not completing it. And when I do complete it, it's either half-heartedly or it is not fully complete. Or I somehow make an excuse to not complete it. And we are out, we just absolutely love what um what James 1 says for us as we read. In James 1, we have Peter greeting the 12, or we have James greeting the 12 tribes. Verse 1 states, A bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete. Lack nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he is for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind for let for let not the man suppose that he will receive anything from the lord he is a double-minded man unstable in all his ways you know the interesting part is i used to be that um i used to be that kind of a wave of relationship with god you know i used to be uh, saying, okay, my faith is like a wave, you know, not like the deep current. If you go, if you ever look at the ocean or if you ever look at even at a lake, you go towards the bottom of the lake. And what do you see? You barely have any movement because you're so focused upon God. You're so focused on his love and his abundance for you. Then no matter the trials and tribulations that you face, you are so steadfast that it doesn't bother you. But lately, I've been on more of the top surface where the, the storms of life or even the storms and the trials, they, I get tossed and churned and then I get upset. And I'm like, why is God doing this? You know, or what is the purpose of him? What is the purpose of me going through these tribulations? And that is the faith I shouldn't be having because that is a shallow kind of a faith. And it gets revealed and it gets exposed. And verse 9 reads, Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but let the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass. Its flower falls and its, be and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his uh, pursuance. Verse 12. 
Blessed is a man who endures temptations, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. God never tempts you to do anything. God doesn't tempt you to go to a bank and rob it because you love money. God doesn't go to tempt you to sit down and watch pornography for hours on end. And you're saying, oh, well, God tempted me. It was from temptation from God. God doesn't tempt. Sin tempts. Sin and Satan, he's the one that does it. He's the one that when you hear, if you're a recovering alcoholic, he's the one that when you somebody opens up a can and you're at a festival. And what, I've never been in this alcoholic uh, shoes. I've never been an alcoholic. But I heard when a person opens up a can of beer, if a recovering alcoholic hears it, he is more susceptible. It's like it gravitate towards him. For instance, in the book Broken, we read this in the book Broken, where William Cope Moyers, he was on the plane. And the fact that he could smell the alcohol from a person that from the flight because people were having alcoholic beverages. He was flying, he was flying from New York to St. Paul, to Hazleton Recovery uh, Center. You hear how, if you read his book, you hear how he was, his addiction got so bad that he was tempted of grabbing alcohol because he said that there's something about that. He memorized it. He's like, I can't wait till the taste. I can't wait until it nourishes my body. It's something that I need to live on. But the, what, but the blessing is, is that he asked God for strength. He asked God that he can persevere through this temptation that uh, sin was crouching under the store. So the blessing is he took a Sprite instead. That is the right step in um, in addiction recovery. But it doesn't have to deal with alcoholic, alcoholism either. Maybe it has to do with TikTok. If you spend too much time on TikTok and you watch one reel or one TikTok and next thing you know, you you get so addicted and you get tempted at watching another one. And then another one leads to five minutes. And five minutes leads to uh, two hours. And I have been guilty as charged on that TikTok. Cause, and even being on my phone way too much. That is... Another, that's another, uh, I think, a major sin in not only in our life, but also around the world. So, <clears throat> because God never, God doesn't want to tempt anyone. But verse 14, we read, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desires has con- conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin... When it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of churning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Verse 19. <clears throat> so then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness 
of God. That is, I'm going to reread that again. So then, my brethren, let every man be swift to hear. Always be willing to hear. Sometimes if you have to, like, I struggle with that because I always think I have to come up with something. I always feel like I have to come up with the last word. Especially when I was younger, in my younger life or my younger years, I always thought I had to have the last word. And if I had the last word, I would be right. But the catch is, is I would always miss what was being said. Miss the life lessons. So then I'd be back at that same position. About, we'll give or take about a couple months. I was back at that same position. It, it took me quite... It, I had to learn the lessons the hard way because I was slow to hear and fast to speak. So I want to encourage you not to... Uh, I want to encourage you to listen more. And I need to do the same thing. I need to listen more to what people have to say and slow to speak. And, and not get so bitter and so angry as well. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. It just does not. In verse 21, we read, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But, he, but be doers of the word, and not hearers, only deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his nature, uh, natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of a man he was. But he who looks into the imperfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this will be the blessed in what he does." Verse 26, if anyone among you thinks he is, a relig is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Man, what does that remind us of today? It reminds us of Christianity. We seem like we have to go through these motions. We seem like that, you know, and I'm not bashing people that go to church. I'm not bashing the faith, but we have become at a society where we have people saying, well, I'm a Christian and I'll, I'll pray for you. You know, when things come awry, I'll pray for you. When things don't work out, I'll pray for you because, you know, God is good. Uh, I guess he is. But when push comes to shove, when you ask others, hey, can you come with me to a, a board meeting? Or can you come with me to maybe a, a testimony so I can speak in front, I can have prayer warriors? And what do they say immediately? Well, I don't want to. I don't want to get known, or I don't want bad publicity. And right away, we see a lot of Christians fold up like a lawn chair, and they lose their focus not upon God right away. And we they go back on. Well, I don't want to be looked bad. I don't want to have people uh, messaging me bad things. I don't want to have people saying bad things or talking behind my back. And therefore, we just. But you, at the same time, oh, I call myself a Christian. And not only that, but I have lived that kind of lifestyle for some time where I, somebody would actually ask me, hey, Sansa, can you, can you come with me to speak in front of the public? Can you uh, do street ministry with me? Or can you go with me to Madison and so I can testify in front of a committee talking about abortion or talking about uh, mandatory vaccinations? And all I would say, and I did say this before, 
well, I'll pray for you, you know, or you're in my heart. But the catch is, number one, I never prayed for them because I always made up an excuse. Number two, I didn't go with them because I didn't want to be embarrassed. But then I, then looking back on it, Jesus wasn't embarrassed when he hung on the cross. He wasn't embarrassed when nails were going inside of him. He wasn't embarrassed when he was looking upon the people and he says, forgive them for they do not know for what they're doing. He wasn't embarrassed and he wasn't humiliated. He was always in prayer, especially that making that long three mile journey to the point where he would eventually die. He wasn't embarrassed. He wasn't humiliated. He did it with love because he was a child of God. And as we wrap it up in James 1, we read in 27, pure and uh, undefiled religion before God and the Father is to this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. So now you're wondering, all right, Sasa, how does that relate to focusing putting our focus on God. Well, here's how it relates. You're hoping he'll answer all of our prayers, your prayers, my prayers. You're hoping that he does that. You're expecting him to supply the solution to your problems. Like, oh, well, if I pray to God, I, you know, my son will be healed. Or if I pray to God, I will, my finances will be all in order. Or if I pray to God, I'm not going to be in trouble. We expect that so much out of, but you're waiting uh, or you're waiting his intervention. After all, the reality is every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, James 1.17. It's the Lord himself who provides all things for you, not man, not man's phony religion, not going to church, not paying uh certain tithes so you feel better not having people going after you and say well did you pay your dues last month or not paying your way to go to heaven that doesn't get you closer to god and that doesn't provide you anything god provides everything truly from above waiting signifies an unexpected or exponent endurance that demonstrates by a directed purposeful active and courageous attitude of prayer that expectant endurance means we won't make a move without the Lord's guidance. We won't. At the first characteristics of godly prayer is waiting. Being directed toward God is what we'll take a look at in today's devotion. And we read in today's James 1, 7, or all of chapter 1. Rather than concentrating on what's, what we're waiting for, God, for, we'll focus on what the Father who has the best plan for our lives. Ultimately, no matter what you're waiting for, you're better prepared and suited for it if you're centered on God. Why is that? Why are we better and focused upon God and we're focused upon Him more than anything? Because when you focus on what you lack, it inspires despair in your heart. You obsess over your own limitations, which reinforces the bondage within you. Remember, you sin when you try to meet your needs in your own way rather than the Lord's. So as you fixate 
on what you don't have, you enslave yourself more to the sin nature, which eventually leads to destruction. We read about the, uh, Romans 6.23. It's a disheartening and vicious cycle we all go through. But when you, when you single-mindedly set your sights on God, you realize the incredible strength, wisdom, and power that you are being imp uh, employed on your behalf. You have confidence because the Lord knows and provides what you, what's absolutely best for you. And because he's unaffected by the obstacles that limit and uh, in intimidate you, your reasons to fear just disappears. It's obsolete. So friend, pal, and good best friends, the Lord is faithful. He's merciful. If he makes a promise, he'll certainly keep it. Don't miss the principle because it's one of the most important lessons you can ever learn about your ability to wait on him. It's based completely on your understanding of who he is and the relationship you build together. Don't focus on multiple tasks and put God on the back burner. Don't put God on the back burner and then somehow pulling them up when things don't go awry. You should always have God on the front burners and you should always have God as your focal point in everything you do. Because when you have God at the center of your life, things will go more smoothly in your life. Things will go more uh, like a smooth engine. It won't be such as a rocky ship or it won't be as a rocky road. You won't hit as many potholes because God is guiding you. And that's what we need to do in our personal walk with God. And with this in mind, we're going to end it with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We're so blessed to be called your children. I'm so blessed that you showed us love and you showed us mercy. Lord, I pray that we have patience. You give us patience when uh, some of us aren't patient. And Lord, I'm one of them. And I'm sure there's other people, listeners, that, are not that might be struggling with the same thing. I pray that you give us a sense of endurance and a sense of love and hope because you care for us and you love us so much. And Lord, I pray that we don't get embarrassed if things don't go our way. Because you weren't embarrassed when you sent your son to die on the cross. And Lord, you weren't embarrassed when you were hanging from the cross and you were looking upon the people. And you could have been embarrassed. You could have shouted in anger. You could have done, you could have sent 10,000 angels. But no, you died for our hearts, our wickedness. You died for us. So Lord, I just pray that we continue to build a strong relationship with you. I pray that we get more dependent upon what you have to say and upon your word. May you guide us and protect us as we continue the day that you've given us so that when we cross that finish line, Lord, we can run into your arms and we can hear you say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. 
Well, I want to say, guys, I hope you have an awesome day, and it is great to be back behind a mic. And remember, God loves you, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Bye. Thank you.